So Merry Christmas. It is a joy to be with you this morning, even though we cannot be together in person. Even in the midst of these difficult and trying times, it is still a joy to get this chance to celebrate the birth of Christ with you. If you are visiting our our streaming services for worship uh, for the first time, or if you are back after a long absence, then I want to especially welcome you on this glorious day. Welcome one and all. So, Many of you probably saw or at the very least heard about the, the Great Conjunction that happened a few days back. This so-called Great Conjunction was the first time in almost 400 years that Jupiter and Saturn, the two biggest planets in our solar system, came so close to one another in our sky. And even 400 years ago, when the two planets came so close, their closeness was mostly obscured by the sun. So in actuality, it's been almost 800 years since these two planets have been seen so close together in our night sky for human beings to see. This last week, the two planets were so bright that you didn't need binoculars or a telescope to see them, even amidst the light pollution here in Los Angeles. And I'm told, though I admit I did not see it for myself, that with even a small telescope, you could see four of Jupiter's moons and and one of Saturn's, and even the cloud belts of Jupiter and the rings of Saturn were visible. These sorts of cosmic moments always take my breath away because of the the immensity of the scope of this astronomy and the, the way it just leaves me in awe. I mean, think of it. It takes Jupiter 12 years to go around the sun and it takes 30 years for Saturn, which means that that this sort of conjunction won't happen again for another 20 years. And, And indeed you'll have to wait until 2080 for the two planets to be so close together again in our night sky. After that, you'll have to wait until 2417 to see them like this again. But it's not just the the scope of time that is dizzying here, but the the scope of the distance as well. Jupiter is more than 553 million miles away from Earth, while Saturn is over a billion miles away. Indeed, Jupiter and Saturn are about 450 million miles from each other, even as they almost touch in our night sky. But of course, that's not all. The the closest star to our own, Alpha Centauri, is 250 trillion miles away. It takes light over four years to get to us from there. What's more, it takes 70,000 years for light to get to us from the nearest galaxy, 70,000. The observable universe appears to be 28 billion light years in diameter while current thinking in physics and in cosmology speculate that the universe is 93 billion light years in diameter. This is all dizzying to me. We toil and struggle, we we fuss and fight, we rejoice and grieve. 
live and die here on earth amidst a, a cosmic order, the scope of which we cannot even begin to grasp. That's all a little bit humbling to say the least. Now, the Christian faith has always contended that this immense and dizzying universe has a source we, we somewhat inadequately call God. Our faith holds that everything that exists came into being and is held in being because of God. We believe that God is not merely a force or a power, but personal, acting with intelligence and will, though we can only begin to understand what it means to describe God as personal by means of analogy. But more than just believing in the God who created it all, we believe in the Word, who was with God in the beginning, and indeed is God, as we heard in our gospel lesson this morning. The Greek term, which we have translated here as word, is logos. And in Greek, logos doesn't just mean word, but it means speech and discourse, language, thought, reason, message, account, and a host of other things. Ancient Greek philosophers spoke of the Logos as an imminent and divine rational principle present in the universe. And clearly, too, our, our gospel author wants us to hear echoes of Genesis chapter 1, where God speaks and calls forth all of creation. This gospel proclaims that it is through this word, this Logos, that all things came into being. If it exists, then we are told that it came into being through this word. In fact, this word is the source of all life, and it is this life that is the light of all people, we're told. It is this light that shines in the darkness, for indeed, the darkness will not and cannot overcome this light. This word is the, the organizing principle of creation. This word is the source of all life. This word is light. It is truth and beauty and justice and peace and love. This word is divine. This word is God. But here is the, the scandalous and perplexing news that Christmas Day announces. John tells us, and the word became flesh and lived among us, and we had seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. The joyous and bewildering news of Christmas Day is that the one through whom the entire universe was created comes to us wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. The unfathomable and paradoxical news of Christmas is that the God who created all of it is in power and might comes to us as powerless and as helpless as an infant. The mystery and majesty of Christmas is that the God who created it all comes to be with us out of love for us, comes to be with us, for us, and for our salvation. 
Each of us might be a, a small bit, maybe even a seemingly inconsequential bit of an enormously vast universe. But it is for us that the word became flesh and lived among us. Wherever we are this morning, whether we greet this day with delight or desperation, God is with us and for us. No matter our need in this apparently indifferent universe, God is with us and for us. Even as we struggle our way through this dreadful pandemic, the good news and the miracle of Christmas is that God is with us and for us. God comes to be a human person in all of our weakness and frailty, so that in Jesus, God might make us one with God. Indeed, this is what it means for God to be with us and for us, that we might be one with God. In light of this good news of God being with us and for us, the monk Thomas Merton once wrote, quote, the world and time are the dance of the Lord in emptiness. The silence of the spheres is the music of a wedding feast. Christmas morning invites us to open our ears to this music. Christmas morning invites us to join this cosmic dance. For indeed, though we are just small parts of a vast, vast universe, God is with us and for us. Amen.